Is your parenting journey turning out differently than you imagined? It's never too late to begin your family's transformation journey. Welcome to the Adoption Wise Podcast, where you'll rediscover the confident and connected parent you long to be. I'm Lisa C. Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum. Don't worry, we get it and we're here for you. Hey friends, welcome to episode 238. So Lisa and I, just a couple weeks ago, were in person again together. What you might not know if you haven't listened to the podcast for a while, if you're new to Adoption Wise, is we started this podcast way back in 2018. And we started it without having ever met in person. And (laughs) that is just that we did what we tell our teens, our kids never to do, which is meet someone on the internet and form a legal, a legally binding relationship with them without ever having met in person. And so we podcasted for a whole year together, really, or worked together for a whole year before we ever met in person. And really, I mean, I could probably still count on like two hands the number of times we've ever met. That's true. We spend so much time together virtually on Zoom that I feel like we've spent, you know, lots of time in person together. But it's true. We, you know, just travel and COVID and everything. We haven't spent as much time together in person. Although you did come stay at my house for a week when we were writing Reclaim Compassion or about five days or something, right? Yeah. Well, and I was laughing because when we parted, we ran into each other in the airport in Grand Rapids where we just were together. And you were like, I'll see you Tuesday. And I was like, wait, do you have something else coming up? Like back to back. And then you were just talking about like our typical Tuesday meeting. Yes. I'll see you on Zoom. Yeah, it feels very much the same. And we do, we used to meet a couple times a week for work and now we do one long meeting every Tuesday and we found that that's just much more productive. But what we were really talking about before we hopped in here to record is how great it was to just be with a bunch of parents and in this case, a bunch of moms together at a retreat that we just spoke at in Grand Rapids. And it was, you know, just wonderful to see everybody interact with each other and for us to get to teach and share our stories and all kinds of things. And it was just really great. I I enjoyed it so much. How about you? I think it's always interesting to watch the dynamic play out in spaces like that, because inevitably there's a mom who feels all alone in her situation. And it was a small enough retreat and the room was set up in such a way that we were able to facilitate table discussion. So the women were sitting like in tables of eight-ish. And it was also a size room where we could kind of ask the general audience a question and people could kind of share like across the room. And someone would share something pretty vulnerable And then someone would piggyback it and either add encouragement, like we were there and we're a little bit further along or have another idea. And I mean, it's the reason why we have continued to provide group opportunities, whether they be in-person or virtual here at AdoptionWise, because we get to see that dynamic play out 
and there's really no substitute for it. You know, like people will come to us and think that they want like private coaching because either there's a lot of shame or they need the intense support. But they think their story is so different that nobody else will understand, which actually is almost never the case. Yeah. We always encourage people to get into a group situation. And then if they need more support, like to complement that maybe, but there is something magical that happens in group settings, in person Mm -hmm. or virtual that you cannot replicate anywhere else. And it's, and it's like worse like multiple therapy sessions to be validated and to connect with someone who Mm -hmm. really understands your situation. Yeah. And a lot of times people think what they really want is to hear from us. And that's great. We love sharing all the things that we've learned, but there's always so much wisdom in the room, whether it is a in-person room like we were just at or you know, in the room, I put quotes around that in our group coaching community, the parents in there, many of them have so much wisdom and so much knowledge. And so sometimes I'll get in there in our community and people will be posting questions and I'll get in there to answer. And there will already be so many great responses. You know, I feel like I start a lot of my responses with, well, you've already gotten some great answers here, but I'll just add, you know, especially because I live on the West Coast. So, so much is happening before I even start checking things in the morning that like if someone on the East Coast posts something in the morning after they drop their kids at school or whatever, by the time I get into it, there's already been a lot of responses. And I love that. I just... I don't think you can, like you just said, Melissa, there just is no replacement for that. It's just really, really special. And when we can have it in person, when we can have friends who live locally, who really, really get it, who understand our lives and live have lived similar things, that is wonderful. And when we can gather together live, like we just did in Grand Rapids, that was so beautiful. I mean, I absolutely love women's retreats. But a lot can happen virtually too. I mean, seriously, I've made some of my best friends in the whole world, primarily virtually since we adopted. I wish I got to see them in person more, but so much of it just has to happen from a distance. I have a really special group of women that I stay in touch with on Marco Polo. It's not adoption related, which sometimes it feels good because we live and breathe adoption. I feel like because it's such a big part of our family stories. And then, I mean, even me as an adoptee, like I was doing like adoptee work, like my own personal work. And then we support adoptive families. And I like I did hit, hit a point a couple weeks ago and I was like, oh my gosh, like there are only so many more adoption like topics, things I can think about, take. I have this whole stack of books. People send us books all the time. And like, I cannot bring myself to read them because honestly, like when I go to read, like I want to read about some beachy scene somewhere. Like I just, (laughs) Lisa's always like, you should, what's the book you keep? Demon Copper. Oh, Demon Copperhead. That by Barbara Kingsolver. It won the Pulitzer. You got to read it. I know. Foster care, but it is a lot of trauma. And if anybody's listening and you're sensitive to language or even other 
maybe inappropriate kinds of things. You may not like it. And but there was another it, book too powerful. that I actually started that had to do with adoption that you, someone mentioned, maybe it was you. It's about a black girl at oh, yeah. Howard University. Yeah. So good. What was that one called? I just read it. Okay. It's in my Libby app. You keep talking. I'm okay, going to look I'll it up keep talking. Right anyway, she was like, really good book. And I didn't even know it was about adoption and foster care. And I, you had me at really good book. And then you were like adoption and foster care. And I was like, I don't, I think I'm out. I think I'm out. Anyway, all okay. that to say. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. What, I found it. I found it in my app. It's called the house of Eve. It was very, very good. Again, if you're a sensitive person, you may not like it, but it gave a perspective, especially for me as a first or birth mom. It gave a really, I felt pretty honest and true representation of that experience. It's written by, yeah, she's just a wonderful author. So I I will recommend it with all the cautions that it may not be your kind of book, but it is about adoption. But I know you're like, no, don't want to read it. I know. But well, you really I'm should. Like, I think I'm like, I think I'm like a fifth of the way through. I actually kind of forgot oh. about it until just now. And I was like, oh yeah, I did start that book. I'm reading r- too many books right now, obviously. Yeah. I can't even remember which ones they are. But all that to say, I have a group of women who I met when I did Suzanne Sibiel's Enneagram cohort back in the 2021. And there was a small group of us that really connected and we stayed connected. And that group Marco Polo is multiple times a week. And we have really rich, deep conversation, which I think is why it has kept going because it's not just like these surfacey things like we're yeah. really digging deep. I don't think we have time for surfacey things, Melissa. And and I really, really at this stage of my life enjoy deep conversations that aren't ado- about adoption and foster care. So that group like we have really stayed connected and gone really, really deep virtually. I mean, we have met in person. We had a base of in person. And actually, mm-hmm. we just started talking about how it's been too long since we've all seen each other. So we're itching for in person time. But, you know, I don't think we would have, I don't think I would feel connected to them in the way that I do if we only anchored our group on, you know, every 18 months seeing each other in person. Right. Right. I have something similar where when I was doing my spiritual direction program, my training, they put us all into triads, randomly assigned. So I was randomly assigned with two other women who were also in the process of becoming spiritual directors. And we were put in this triad and we did have the opportunity to meet four times in person over two years, but we also have continued to meet every month virtually. So it's like this Really, and and we do text each other as well, but for the most part, we have one group spiritual direction meeting once a month, but it's so, like you said, I mean, like it's deep. These women are really wise. They have a ton of life experience and just so thankful for them. And we have kind of a really specific topic that we're talking about mostly the movement of God in our lives, you know, but it is really, really sweet. I do also have lots of adoptive moms, different kinds of groups and things that I stay very connected to. And I'm thankful for that. I really am. 
there just aren't a lot of people who really understand our lives very well. We talk about this in mm-hmm. Reclaim Compassion in, in the book, is that, you know, blocked care happens because our nervous systems are under excessive stress. And in a lot mm-hmm. of cases, a big part of that stress is our relationship with our kids. Like it could be behaviors. It could be the amount of therapy appointments they need yeah. to go to. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, just some of us have big families. Like even if all of our kids were neurotypical and you were parenting six to eight kids, like that's just busy. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be the hard things like aggression or toward you or toward your other children. I mean, there are some really hard things in there, too. Yeah. Well, and in our case, like we have a couple kids, you know, like they're not the most logical, like they kind of like spin around in weird ways or they aren't, they're not logical. They're not logical. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) And, you know, we are created to be in relationship and part of feeling regulated as a person is being able to co-regulate with other people and connect with other people. Yep. And I think sometimes, you know, we're in relationship with all of the people in our family and kids. And that feels like it sucks all our relationship bucket empty. And it feels like we're in relationship all the time because we're with people all the time. But we're really not in relation, like in life-giving relationships. Right. 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 So we're like talking to people all the time. We're in the presence of other nervous systems all the time. But those things might not be like, they might not feel very life giving. And so we have to be intentional about staying connected to people that fill our relationship bucket. Yeah. I find too that I really need people who know me well enough to speak the truth to me, even if I don't necessarily want to hear it. You know, like I can lose sight sometimes about different things about my kids or my marriage or whatever. And having people who know me well enough to say, okay, pause, let's think about this for a minute, you know, or have you thought of it this way? Or those kinds of things are just so valuable, you know, and I know. I'm just really thankful for the people who are life-giving for me. And, you know, we talk about the nervous system and like filling the buckets and our relational bucket is relationships with life-giving people, relationships with God. And then lastly, relationships with our children, because we have to fill everything else first before we really have that capacity. So when we have life-giving people in our lives, whether we see them in person, whether we talk on the phone, whether it's virtual, whatever it is, it really helps to fill that bucket and help our nervous systems be healthier so that we have the capacity to parent our kids. I have a somewhat new friend who's an adoptive mom and actually lives in Michigan. I got to meet her in person for the very first time at after this retreat that we spoke at. And But we keep in touch on Voxer, which is another app. It's not, I mean, Marco Polo has video, Voxer's just voice. And that has just been really wonderful for me too, because she's also a spiritual director. And so we can, she can ask me the hard questions. You know, not everybody does that. And she can ask me reflective questions. And she said to me, we're talking about something and I was kind of processing when we were together. And she said, hmm, it seems like you already have your answer about that. (laughs) I was like, Oh, 
I, yeah, maybe I do. Maybe you're right. You know, like, so these life-giving people are just so important. I was chatting with a private coaching client recently, and she was just lamenting about how all the feedback that her kids give because they're so dysregulated is that she's a terrible parent. Yeah. And I objectively am looking at their situation and know all the different things that she's doing to advocate for their family. I said to her, I wish you could see and experience yourself like as a mom the way I do, because I think you're doing a fantastic job. And so it occurred to me, I was like, I like your assignment this week is to go spend some time, even like virtual time with other people who recognize that you're a great parent. Because even though like on some level, we know that some of the things that our kids say are saying, especially if they're dysregulated, are not true. Mm -hmm. If you hear that all the time, it wears you down. And it's not like it just rolls off. I'd love to say that it just like pings right back off me, but it doesn't. It it hurts, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, you need to go get, spend some time with people who will tell you that you're a good mom doing good work. And, yeah. and she took me seriously. And I think even just, it might have even just been some phone calls or some text messages with like another group of mom. And she was like, you were right. Like I just needed mm-hmm. you know, hear that from some other people to counterbalance how hard it is. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. there are so many positives to community and we know that that feels probably like fitting another thing in. Mm -hmm. So start small, like maybe start a Marco Polo conversation with someone or Maybe just Boxer, yeah, Boxer, another app, or just take the next step towards connection. So you could pop into our Facebook group and Mm -hmm. just say, "Are there any other parents who are struggling near?" And put your major city, like you live. Yeah, I mean, that's what a group that size is good for: is like those connections, and in a group of. Mm more than 5,000 people, there's a really good chance there might be someone near you. Yeah. Driving distance anyhow. Yeah. 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 And of course, I mean, we talk a lot about our our private group coaching program, Reclaim Compassion. I mean, if that's something you need and you're interested in, you will meet people who resonate with you and your story. And, you know, maybe the two of you or a few of you will start having conversations, you know, as well as in the whole group. And like, we have a mom channel within the group. We have a dad channel within the group, plus all kinds of other things, behavioral issues, everything. But um if you're longing for people to connect with who you can be honest with, I mean, that's the thing with so many people, we have to be careful, you know, with our words, because they're not going to understand So if you're longing for people to be honest with, I mean, it's just a great place. Or maybe you even have an in-person support group in your community. Maybe there's a church that sponsors one, you know, just finding, we always say you found your people, you know, finding your people is really, really important. I also do think there's nothing like live gatherings from time to time, retreats, conferences can be like that, but probably retreats are a little sweeter for 
more intimate conversation, I think. But yeah, as as we were standing up in front, you know, at the Equip retreat where we just spoke in Grand Rapids, which by the way, next year, it's going to be awesome. We won't be there next year, but I, we do know the speaker who will be there and she's awesome. Anyhow, when we were standing up in front and we would put a question out to the tables, you know, and then we would just turn our mics off and we would just watch everybody talking and laughing and interacting. And like, we always had to bring them, you know, say, okay, two minute warning, one minute warning, because people were engaging on such a beautiful level. Like it just filled my heart to see it happening. Yeah. Well, and inevitably when we get feedback from retreats and workshops, we do like that. Someone always says, I wish we had had just more table discussion time. And we're always like, I mean, maybe we should just start standing up in front of the room and just put a question out and let them go for three hours. Presenting questions and then we can chat together over lunch or something. But yeah, really, people have a lot to share. And again, the wisdom in a room like that is really amazing. The wisdom and experience. We are recording this at the end of January. By the time you hear it, we will have already announced that we are doing a very special, very small retreat in the Atlanta area on Friday, March 8th. It's a one-day thing, like a 9.30 to 4. And we have no idea if, like, we've never done anything like this before. So it might, like, sell out with, like, Mm -hmm. one email. Or when you're listening to this on February 28th, ish later yeah. um there might still be spots or you might still be able to catch us at an upcoming retreat that we're speaking at or conference you can find those things at adoptionwise.org slash speaking we were talking about crowdsourcing a couple minutes ago that's another thing hop into the facebook group and ask are there any retreats going on? Like some of these retreats are sponsored by churches and, you know, they send them out, get the word out the best that they can. But there might be something happening in your backyard that we don't yeah. know about. You might not know about. And there, and more and more are popping up. The closer it is to you, the easier it's going to be to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And let me just add, if you are involved in planning a retreat or you know that your church or somebody is going to be looking for speakers, I mean, like we're, we try to make ourselves available. And let me tell you, West Coast, we need more events on the West Coast. I am forever flying across the country. I couldn't believe it when I got to Grand Rapids. I got in really late. I went to sleep at like 1 a.m. because it was Pacific time for me. So it was like 10 And I thought, oh, I don't need to set an alarm to wake up in time for breakfast. And I woke up like five minutes before the hotel breakfast ended. And I I had to jump up and go eat. And I was so confused. And then I realized Grand Rapids was East Coast time. I thought for sure. Of course, I didn't check. Did not check. But I thought Central time. Anyhow, I I mean, I will travel wherever. But West Coast people, we need more stuff going on out here. I know. Well, but it took you three flights to get to Grand Rapids. And then someone asked me about my flight. And I was like embarrassed to say that it only took me one hour flight to get there. Melissa, like, I so you. It, it took me 15 hours to get home. 
because of a severe delay on one of my three flights. And then I missed my final connecting flight because of that. I did make it to my daughter's in Spokane late Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Sunday night. But yeah, I just keep thinking, wow, what would it be like to just fly to California or someplace, you know, so much closer, but one flight away. Yes. It does seem like the vast majority of events seem like they're like Midwest and East. So yeah, we West Coast people need to pick it up out here or I need to find you all. We would invite you to do one thing this week or today Mm -hmm. to move towards connection. If you, especially if you feel like you don't have it, it's missing or it needs to be more. And you can get to our Facebook group at adoptionwise.org slash Facebook and all the other random things that we mentioned we'll put in the show notes to this episode. Find your life-giving people or even one, one life-giving person and speak into each other's lives in, yeah. in ways that are nurture your souls and encourage you. We believe in you. Go connect. Yes. Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media. Our Instagram handle is at AdoptionWise. Or better yet, join our free Facebook community at AdoptionWise.org slash Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. We love having you. Remember, you're a good parent doing good work. Music for the podcast is composed by Alexandra Alexandrov.